Governor J.B. Pritzker is with us live this afternoon. Governor, we greatly appreciate your time. Great to talk to you this afternoon. Great to talk to you, Jim. Great to be here. Well, I want to jump right into it. I know you're hearing these calls constantly from our mayor here in Springfield, lawmakers, the entire Senate Republican caucus sent you a letter yesterday all saying reopen the state more quickly. We're scheduled to go to phase four on June 26th uh, after 28 days. They say we could do this in 14 days as early as tomorrow. So what's your response? Well, you know, I created the Restore Illinois plan, uh, and it was uh, put together with public health experts, and it relies on lifting mitigation measures in a phased approach to ensure that, you know, there's no rise in case positivity rates or hospitalizations. And all along here, I have used a medically driven approach, um, and sticking to that plan has led to Illinois being the first state in the nation to hit the federal White House metrics for reopening. It makes perfect sense to me that we ought to continue to follow this plan. We're on the right track. We've got to make sure that we have incubation periods that are followed. Um, and then, you know, I just point out that uh, if you look, if anybody does a Google search on the other states and spikes, what you'll find is that many other states are now experiencing spikes because they didn't follow a plan. Uh, we've been, as you noted, following the plan, and we're seeing some some good results from it. Uh, a lot of focus on the 14 versus the 28 days. Why, again, have you felt the need to, to have each phase run longer than what uh, a lot of other states or a lot of other experts have said is the, the standard? Well, let me remind you that the 14 days that people are referring to um, have been uh, the requirement of the 14 days has been uh, that there's a decline over every one of the 14 days before you could move to the next phase. What we required was simply a maintenance, not decline, but but just making sure we're staying at the same rate, stability in each of the numbers and so that's why that's one reason why there is a longer period associated with it. I think in this case, and we have 15 days until all of the regions, which are, seem all to be heading in the right direction, 15 days until all of the regions will move into phase four, um, that, you know, we have to stay the course here to make sure that, you know, the, the uh, Memorial Day uh, gatherings that occurred, many people not wearing masks, getting together, uh, and then the you know protests that occurred over the last uh, week and a half that we don't see over the next 14 days an incubation that leads to a spike in hospitalizations and case rates. As you noted, the metrics uh, laid out under your Restore Illinois plan show us in all regions of the state on track to move to phase four on June 26th. One metric that's included in the plan that doesn't show up on the website has to do with contact tracing and saying that all these regions need to be able to perform contact tracing within 24 hours of uh, 90% of its positive test results. I haven't seen any data on that. Are, Are we on track in that regard as well? And would contact tracing alone uh, be enough to stop any region from moving to phase four? No. Uh, What we put in our plan was really a goal. The idea here is that you have to spin up contact tracing across the state. I wanted to make sure that we were clear that we were going to do that, that we were in process of doing it. And indeed, we are. Um, Testing, of course, is another thing that gets mentioned. 
uh, as we move into phase four. And that we have done an, an excellent job. Uh, you know, our, our team has done an excellent job of spinning it up. We've gone from, you know, when we made our first announcements about a, a desire to make a, a leap toward 10,000, uh, it really took us just a few weeks to get to 20,000. Um, now we're working very hard to expand capacity uh, that is available machines that will run tests so that we can get beyond 30 and 40,000. But contact tracing, testing, those go hand in hand. Uh, we haven't set a, uh, a required minimum, uh, but importantly, we've set goals and indeed we're moving uh, progressively toward those goals. Governor J.B. Pritzker live with us here on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY Springfield W234CC Sherman. Governor, you've said that we cannot fully reopen phase five until we have a vaccine or an effective treatment by every indication that's still months away. But we're also seeing quite a bit of um, pushback uh, against these regulations. We know there are businesses here in Springfield and other parts of the state that have reopened against the guidelines guidelines that you've set out there. We know there are people who are pushing for more activities than what these guidelines call for. And if we have to go months until phase five, uh, are you concerned that Illinoisans won't go along with you? They won't wait that long to get back to doing some of these events? And is there anything that can be done to prevent that if people are just adamant they're not going to follow those rules? Well, again, the experts, the epidemiologists have been clear that you, first, you've got to follow the data here. We've got to do this in a phased fashion uh, because the virus hasn't gone away. I know that we've done a great job. The people of Illinois have done a great job of following the mitigation. So many people are doing precisely what we had hoped they would do, wear a face covering, wash their hands, socially distance, physically distance. Um, those have been very important to getting where we are. Uh, to just throw out all of the mitigations, to, to just say that we should, uh, you know, open up every indoor facility uh, for everybody to do whatever they want will take us back. Look at the state of Arizona as one example of what's happened when you fully open. Guess what? You're going to get a spike. And it looks like they may have their health care system overwhelmed. And that's after, you know, uh, they suggested that they had defeated coronavirus. We don't defeat it until we get to, to a vaccine. Meanwhile, uh, look, we've we've opened most of the economy is open now. Um, I know that people want to focus on one or another thing like a gym uh, or a restaurant that can't have indoor dining. But think about offices are open for business. uh, Manufacturing is open for business. Warehousing is open for business. The vast majority of our economy is back open with, of course, safety requirements. But uh, they're following those. And we're moving as expeditiously as we can, again, following the data uh, to get to a point where we'll open restaurants uh, at some capacity level, make sure gyms are open. Um, And people should just be respectful of each other. The the businesses, the small businesses that are suffering, and there no doubt they are, um, we are trying to provide assistance to those businesses during this very difficult time. But look, it's the coronavirus that has caused this damage to our economy. And we're trying very hard to expeditiously reopen. I was a businessman before I became governor. I know how hard this moment is for businesses. And I'm the one pushing to try to get us open. But I'm also listening to the scientists and the data.
Governor J.B. Pritzker, you today were called a, quote, total hypocrite by the Illinois Republican Party in a press release they sent out, pointing out that while you were calling for people to abide by these regulations, to not go into big crowds, to maintain social distance, uh, that you yourself took part in these large protests where there was not social distancing, there were people not wearing masks, the crowds were clearly larger than 10 people. Uh, how do you respond to the, the claim of hypocrisy on your part? Well, first, let's recognize that as governor, uh, it's important for me to uh, uh, to make my views known and to express the views of the majority of the people of the state. Um, so it was important for me to show up uh, to talk to people. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately, social distancing by other people isn't followed. You know, I go and if a thousand people are there, and I'm talking to them, or I want to march in a socially distant fashion, sometimes not everybody follows that. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is that we're responding to an enormous crisis in our state and around the country, and it's the crisis of young black people dying at the hands of police. And it's important for us to address that problem in the state, um, not just by expressing ourselves in a in a in a peaceful fashion, expressing our First Amendment rights, but also actually in policy. And so I wanted to make sure that people understood that we are going to move in this direction to get real policy enacted in legislation and that I will be one of the leaders of that. And, and I understand uh, what an important issue that is for a restaurant owner being able to fill to capacity and serve their usual clientele is a life and death issue for them. So is it fair to say this issue is important, so we have to do things a little bit beyond the regulations while telling others, sorry, you, you can't do that? It's not a life and death issue, uh, literally life and death. Uh, for, uh, you know, a, a business owner. It is, of course, um, a, a big hardship on their business. I recognize that. But it's not a life and death issue for them individually. It is a life and death issue for people who are crammed into a facility uh, against epidemiological recommendations uh, and have the, the virus spread among a lot of people in a community. Um, look at what's happened in some downstate communities where people got together in groups that uh, we're larger than is recommended. There's the circumstance in, in Morgan County that was reported upon just today um, and a number of others. And I think, you know, we all need to take a step back here and recognize that uh, we've got to follow the recommendations of doctors who really understand this virus much better than the rest of us uh, and make sure that we're doing the right thing. Look, a, a, a lot of those people were wearing masks um, People that, that, you know, I was with uh, in those circumstances where I was expressing myself. People are, were, in fact, doing mostly the right things, although, again, the social distancing uh, wasn't followed by everybody. But I do think it's, uh, you know, that if this is all that the uh, Republican Party has to say about this moment, when George Floyd was murdered by police officers, when we know that others are murdered at the hands of police officers, people of color in particular, and this is all the Republican Party has to say to complain that I was standing up and expressing myself with people who were maybe standing too close to me. I mean, I think they're missing the point here. 
in uh, response to the George Floyd killing, you've talked about the need for police accountability for criminal justice reform. You also talked about the need for more investment in black and brown communities. But we've got a state budget you've just signed this week that doesn't have a, a lot of room in there for any uh, additional uh, spending, really. And we've had an ongoing problem, certainly here in Springfield and presumably all over the state, of a lack of private investment in those communities. So how do you actually bring about that goal of that increased investment? Well, let's start with the fact that that in the budget year that we're in now, actually the budget that I passed does, in fact, invest in communities of color. Uh, That has been a priority for me. There's more that's been needed. But before the coronavirus ever came along, uh, we were moving in this direction. Now, coronavirus makes it even more important that we focus on these communities. Remember that it's the black community that has suffered the biggest disproportionate number of deaths. Uh, And it is the Hispanic community that has suffered the biggest disproportionate number of cases. And so when you think about the devastation that that wreaks on communities and then look at the uh, challenge of uh, that's faced by those communities, again, with historic disinvestment from them, Uh, with the policing problems that have existed in their communities. Um, And then, you know, now as we look to address uh, all of those challenges, the investment dollars that we've put to work, um, interestingly, because we have coronavirus relief dollars that have come from the federal government, some of those dollars uh, are being directed into those very communities because those are the most affected communities by COVID-19. So we're doing the best we can with the resources that we have that have been provided in part by the federal government. There are uh, focused dollars on disadvantaged communities within the federal CARES Act money, uh, and we're doing precisely that. And indeed, I've had meetings about that today and and in prior days uh, uh, to make sure that those dollars are being spent wisely, invested wisely, uh, so that we can have real progress in those communities. Governor, last question. Uh, Lollapalooza has been canceled. Taste of Chicago. State fairs in surrounding states. Here in Springfield, a lot of people are wondering, uh, given your own guidelines and the restrictions on crowd size until we get to phase five, can we possibly have any kind of a state fair this year? And and what are you thinking it's going to look like? Well, we're working through that right now. Um, I, I will say that I've been very hopeful uh, the, about the possibility uh, that things will change, that we'll have a, for example, a very effective treatment that will be developed or a vaccine that might have been developed early. You know, those are things I'm still praying for. Uh, and and But as you know, as you get closer and closer to the dates of these events, whether you're talking about the state fairs or Lollapalooza, you know, you get to a point where you, you can't hire all of the uh, acts that you need or you can't get the the infrastructure put in place uh, fast enough. And so, you know, we can't just uh, decide a week ahead of time uh, as we wait to and hope that, well, you know, yes, we're going to go ahead with it or no, we're not going to go ahead with it. So because the investments need to be make, made in the very near future. So we're making those decisions now, uh, looking at all the data, you know, figuring out what we might do and I'm sure we'll be making announcements very shortly. No drop dead yet, uh, d- date yet, though, for when you, you have to make the decision one way or the other? Not now. Governor J.B. Pritzker, we do appreciate your time. Look forward to doing this again very soon. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. Great to talk to you.